Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi, and welcome to Marvel Movie News. Civil War is out in the States tonight. This is our very last show before Civil War is unleashed on the world. And Deadpool's out on Blu-ray on Tuesday. Just saying. Also, the New Mutants photo has teased who we might have as our New Mutants. There's a lot of stuff to cover, so stick around. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now... Here's Popcorn Talks Marvel Movie News. Excelsior to you, our merry Marvelites. This is our 82nd or perhaps 81st show, depending on who you ask. I'm here with Alan Sizzler Kistler, and I would like to let you know that if you tweet us telling people to follow us in the live chat, that doom in the booth. Doom demands tweets, but not... Civil War spoilers. None of those at all. Anyone and who spoils anything will face the ban hammer of doom. That's fair. I think that's a fair a punishment for absolutely. such a thing. Yeah, and absolutely. not just for this week, for all. Just forever and from, from henceforth. So we're coming to you live from Avengers HQ this week. I felt that was appropriate. We're in Avengers HQ, whatever that means to you. And you can follow us on Twitter at Marvel, Marvel News PTN, Facebook slash Marvel News Show. Follow us, like us, keep us coming back to you because we appreciate it and that's why we're here. How you doing, Alan? I'm doing fantastic. I'm glad to be here again I actually you know like every couple weeks uh someone's asking me on twitter like when are you gonna do marvel movie news again it's like when our schedules align i guess like, and it yeah. magically yeah here we are and it man. happened and happened we did our our winter soldier watch along and commentary earlier uh which was way way fun yeah and, it's such a good uh, movie man such a solid movie. We booked Alan for four hours since it had been a while. We were like, we haven't had him in a while. Let's just take his day. Yeah, let's just take his entire Thursday. With good problems. And it's it's fine because then this is the most Marvel Thursday I've had in such a while. Because I start oh, with yeah, We're a Soldier. Dude. We're talking here. And then after this, I'm grabbing a bite to eat and immediately going to Civil War. Dude, you're having a good day. I'm having a great it's, day. Uh, and seeing that right before, I, I had the, the privilege of seeing Civil War on Monday. And rewatching Winter Soldier was such a good time because I got to like tie that world in together so enjoy civil war everyone now we're gonna keep it spoiler free yeah very important to me uh i actually watched winter soldier with the the very spoiler free hat on trying to maintain because i i had such a good time in civil war because i knew uh very little they've done i can tell you spoiler free that they've done an amazing job with the marketing they've done a really good job not ruining anything Uh, i never watched the tv spots those might be different but um go into civil war naked uh if you want uh just go into it knowing as little as possible and you'll have a really good time and uh we'll keep it spoiler free today next week however gloves are off all right so starting out today we are officially announcing well we are not but punisher yeah punisher is getting a netflix series you guys amazing it's happening uh john bernthal is confirmed basically we only know that uh we don't know really what they're going with we don't know what storylines we don't know what villains it's just happening. So this is what needs to happen then. First of all, I, I really, really think... The Punisher is such a difficult character to get right a lot of the time. Uh, and, and there are people who do it right. Uh, like, uh, Ennis mm-hmm. treats it right because he basically... The, the Punisher is the monster of the movie. And you have these other characters and political intrigue happening. Mm-hmm. So that can all give you a lot of uh, 
meet in the story, but the Punisher is the monster of the movie. And that's and, why it's so fascinating. And it's so fascinating. And also, I mean, that's that's because the Punisher, unlike certain other characters where, where we want to see emotional growth and we want to see them maybe overcome certain things, no, the Punisher can't ever be fixed. He he needs to be emotionally broken. He needs to be of this mindset. And that's why he's fascinating. You're watching the yeah. villain, depending on your perspective, right. and, and he's a likable villain. It's, it's a very... Right, because there's a righteousness in his actions, it feels like. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and he is he will put down vigilantes who just want to kill people or hurt people or something. So the, you've got this guy who, in his mind, Frank Castle is dead. I'm the Punisher. Right. And another writer who tackled that really well, though, was also Greg Rucka. And what Greg did, and Chuck Dixon said this a while ago, that when you have a Punisher story, what you also need is not just create a villain who's worse than him. You need a character who's moral and Mm -hmm. who's good to balance against him. And Greg Rucka made the character Rachel, Mm -hmm. uh, Rachel Cole Alvis, who became her own version of the Punisher, and they became like a two-person kill team. And that was fascinating to watch. So I would love it personally if this Punisher show brought in Rachel mm-hmm. and used that. Also, you frankly, you need more women in the MCU. Um, and and on top of that, I would suggest for directing at least a couple of your episodes, Lexi Alexander. Oh, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Who directed Warzone. Right, She's directed, incredibly. Directed an episode of Arrow, mm-hmm. directed an episode of Supergirl. So she can do TV she, and movies just fine. She is herself a world champion martial artist. She knows how to fight. Yeah, she so knows- that's a person that should be handling this type yeah, of character. Yeah, absolutely. If Alexi Alexander is not involved in this show, that is lost potential. Unless that's- she's busy doing something else awesome. Let's just, well, yeah, let's, yeah. I mean, let's hope she's too busy. She would, do this. she would do this. She absolutely would do this. My Punisher pitch would be, I, I love Jigsaw uh, as a character, and I think of him as the main, like, he, he's my ultimate He's villain. one of the few recurring villains. He's one that, yeah, one yeah. of the villains that comes back. But the show I want is to have a Breaking Bad-esque where you're organized crime is someone you care about versus the Punisher or someone else you also care about. Mm. So you've got the Sopranos meets the Punisher and you go through this mob family that you're endeared to and that way you have a conflict throughout the 13 hours of like, who do I want? Right, I right. want to be... Because like you're saying, if, if both sides don't have a moral compass, you don't care. But if you care right. about both sides for different reasons, yes. then you, you're invested in the show. Yes. So I'd love a Breaking Bad slash Sopranos Punisher show. Uh, it, would be That'd my, be fascinating. it would be my dream. Here's just a little point of trivia because we just watched a movie with Nick Fury and one of the things I loved about Nick Fury in the comics is the plans you would see him come up with. Mm-hmm. And in Brian Michael Bendis' Secret War miniseries, we learned that Nick Fury had this this uh, plan set out in S.H.I.E.L.D. Hey, if Doom just needs to be taken out, if there's no more room for negotiation, yeah. it doesn't matter what the fallout will be, if you just need to take out Doom and his his army and his everything, then this is what you do. You go to one side of the country... And you drop Frank Castle. You go to the other <laughs> side of the country and you piss off Bruce Banner and leave him there. Sweet. And you let them just sweep through Latveria and meet in the middle. You know, that's a show I'd watch too. That, I would watch the <laughs> hell out of that. I'm, I'm not one to usually, unless it's something like also absurdly funny like Fast and the Furious, not one to usually just do let's do just action. Right. But I but would watch show, the hell out of that. Dude, I, I think that the Punisher show is a really great spot to be dropped into the universe because not only one are we enjoying this darker side of Marvel, but we also had, like you said, Frank Castle has to die. And uh, spoiler alert, I guess, spoiler if you haven't seen Daredevil season two, the last yes, shot yes. was Frank Castle dying. Yes, and, and what, that was the one of the elements of Daredevil Season 2 that I think worked the best. Mm-hmm. Was that Daredevil Season 1 was really a season-long 
origin story for both Daredevil and Kingpin. Right. Neither of them are truly Daredevil or Kingpin until fully the last until the last episode. And likewise, we were seeing the last vestiges of Frank Castle, yeah. where he's still acknowledging pain, where he's still acknowledging he some humanity. He burned Frank Castle down. Yeah. At the end, no. And, I'm just... and that was Frank Castle at not full percent Punisher, like you're saying. That was like an 80% Punisher, 20% Frank Castle. We saw fighting. I can't wait to see the Punisher show with it just him just, you know, no holds barred. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm, yeah. I'm really stoked. Uh, someone was saying they don't know much about the Punisher. Along with uh, watching Daredevil season two, you can also go to Polygon.com and look for Punisher and Elektra Explained, an article that I wrote uh, a couple months ago, where I give you an overview, uh, and it's a user friendly overview because as anyone who reads my stuff knows, I don't like to act like you must know things about comics already. I like to present it so that you know my my parents could read Everyone it can and they'll understand who the punisher is and what and what drives him guys i didn't say I, when i say frank castle died i don't mean that the character died i mean that the, the idea right, of frank castle right. the, that's, the that, man that's, that was that's, frank castle died that's been the catchphrase since the very first punisher miniseries i'm talking metaphors frank, frank castle is dead <laughs> well, i am just the punisher so punisher is still good guys yeah he's continuing on it's not frank and castle which we've also had. oh don't uh, yeah i said it out loud that's frank and castle what about that time punisher was was black for a couple issues. You know, I got a lot of questions. And by which I don't mean there was a black Punisher. I mean Frank Castle got a medical procedure that accidentally made him black. He was the dude playing the dude disguised as the other dude. Is what we're yeah. saying. He went. He went full Tropic Thunder Punisher. It was. Oh. Yeah, that, now there's your Avengers tie-in. <laughs> uh, now. <laughs> Uh, moving on to Iron Fist. Not a lot of news, but I know uh, the viewers and ourselves have been very excited about the Iron Fist show. We don't have much, but we do have a photo of Danny Rand practicing karate in the streets, looking equal parts badass and homeless, which is how I like my heroes. Uh, I mean, there's not much to say except for that they're filming and that he, I know he's been practicing like six different types of martial arts. He's been meditating. He's been like embodying the character behind the scenes. So I'm really excited to see this actor who I don't know from Adam. Like, I don't know this guy at all. You haven't seen him in, in Game of Thrones? I'm like the one geek I know no that doesn't watch Game of Thrones. I mean, and I'm sorry, live chat. It's just not my thing. He, he plays a very different character yeah. there, but he's, I mean, he's good. He's good. Um, yeah, I, I have criticized, uh, casting uh, a white character for this role and like I realize that the character in the comics is white so please no one in the chat point that out to me um, but I mean there's just it, it's a character that there seemed to be no problem with when you presented him and then years later we're much more aware of the white savior complex mm -hmm. of repeatedly introducing characters who become the expert the master of a culture that they're not just foreign to, but they look different from mm -hmm. particularly Asian cultures. There's Orientalism and that Asian mysticism where we sort of fetishize it. And it's like, but the white guy has now the become the master it, yeah. and blah, 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 blah. And I thought, you know, you could subvert that so easily if you had a Latin American, a black American, an Asian American, uh, and, and some... And, because you can subvert that stereotype. And as, if it's an Asian American, then you can actually have someone who is uh, coming to it from, from that point of view because asian americans have oftentimes uh, a complicated relationship with people who are in asia like there's right, right. Conan o'brien the... just brought stephen young to korea yeah and there was a great article well, the culture so the culture is so different east versus west is the entire yeah. thing yeah. like eastern medicine versus western medicine. like every part of the culture is so varied that right it's all like... right so so making him asian american doesn't make him less of an outsider to especially kun lun which is an ancient alien slash Asian city anyway. Yeah. So I do criticize that. That being said, this is a good actor. Yeah. And I certainly don't doubt that he'll give a good performance. 
I mean, so, I, I yeah. like that Marvel chooses people we don't have so much connection to that we associate them with other people. Yeah. I like that Marvel goes, hey, you're talented, here's a role. I like yeah. that Marvel tends to, I'm not in the casting rooms, yeah. I don't know, I feel like they don't go by their resume, they go by their yeah. talent, and, yeah. like, it, it just feels right. And yeah. they haven't steered me wrong fully. Right. I, I also, I, I wish there was a little more diversity in the Marvel cinematic universe. Oh, like, it's again, I'm, I know Benedict Cumberbatch will be an excellent Doctor Strange. No one's doubting that. Mm-hmm. I still wanted someone like uh, uh, Daniel Day Kim okay. or someone, you know, just, just, just give us, give us an international, uh, a diverse flavor of the universe instead mm-hmm. of primarily white dudes who are jerks becoming <laughs> heroes. Who may be jerks or not. white jerkitude. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, well, we'll get to the, the awesome diversity talk later in the show. Uh, yes, The yes. Russo brothers are killing it. We'll get to that a little later. But I do think that Marvel is not as ahead of the curve as we'd like them to be, yes. but ahead of the curve. I, I give Marvel credit for being ahead of the curve on a lot of things. Um, coming from a white guy. Uh, New Mutants, they released a photo... The director himself released a photo that might hint at what team we're going to be dealing with in New Mutants. So I'm very excited to say that we have, it seems, Mirage, Cannonball, Wolfsbane, Magic, and Sunspot as our new uh, New Mutants. Oh, and Warlock. Sorry. I love Warlock, too. Um, what do you think about this team, man? I mean, this is the thing with the New Mutants, because... And I remember this weirding me out as a kid before I started reading the comic more and getting into it. But the the whole idea of New Mutants is it's not just an X-Men spinoff. It went to such, frankly, weirder directions than X-Men. Like it's a weird book, man. X-Men under Chris Claremont really became also kind of a Star Trek book with all its, its stuff to do with aliens mm-hmm. and the Shi'ar and everything. Whereas New Mutants went down this, like, demonic, dark magic path. Well, magic herself is, like, literally in hell half the time. And yeah, And training yeah. with Doctor Strange with demons. and like... I mean, talk about comic books sometimes complicating origin stories. It's like, well, who's magic? Well, you know, Colossus, he's a mutant. His, His sister's, sister's a mutant, a too. demon yeah. mutant. Yeah, she's like, his sister's a mutant, too. Oh, is that it? No, because she also was raised by a demon in this other dimension where she aged seven years in about five minutes for us. Trust so now us. she's got also this soul sword that is, like, this... Literally, her soul made into a weapon. And then she uses it against others, but feels it, but doesn't feel it, depending on the writer. And if the armor keeps appearing around her, that's bad. And you never know what age she is, because you're always like, sometimes writers, like, sex her up, which is really uncomfortable, because you're like, wasn't she just 12? Like, you never really know what her deal is. Well, that's a problem across comics in general, where, like, you have 16-year-old men and women who are suddenly given, like, the bodies of 23-year-olds yeah. and and weirdly sexualized. And, and I, I feel like magic is the most uh, prominent in my head as far as being questionable because of the age jump where you're like, right. do you, which one do you see her as and why do I, right. I don't know how to feel. And then they aged her back down later, but then they aged her into a teenager again And she's like a that. grown woman now. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's very complicated. I doubt they'll go that route because but also, of that. And, and then again, along with that, like, you've, you've got, uh, you know, uh, characters like uh, like Warlock, mm-hmm. who's just on top of being an alien, is such a weird alien, and and you know speaking in what today we might have to change his dialogue because I think today it would be too comparable to Jar Jar Binks. Oh yeah, his di- his dialect was super thick and like hard to read, and it was and... like, and also it was always like you know self friends, yeah. you must help self. Oh, self in danger. It's like, okay, this is this is gonna grate on people real in quick, especially if you give it the wrong Because he graded on the timber. comics a bit. Yeah, so if you give it like a weird childlike mm-hmm. cartoony voice, like no, this can get this can get real annoying real quick. It's but Cannonball I love. Cannonball's Cannonball one of my I faves. love. And Cannonball's also really a straight shot character of mm-hmm. 
He's this southern mutant who can like fly and smash through crap. And he's invulnerable when he's flying. Right. He's but only when he's flying. Right. Right. Which I always thought was awesome. But it's once great. he's airborne, he's a bullet. It's but great. until then, and his sister's awesome, Husk. Yeah, Husk. Husk was uh, had had one of those powers that was cool, but also weird, and and, and, and used as gross as points. Like the one of the yeah. one of the ones that was like, "Hey, it's not always awesome to be a mutant." I literally rip my own flesh off to do my stuff. Right, right. That's uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. It was it was this great dichotomy of having a superpower but still having that curse aspect that the X Men tend to have. And that's what I like about the X Men, and I hope they get the further they go into movies more into that uh, because right. I felt like the early X-Men like the first X-Men touched on that more as they've evolved they've lost some of that yeah. uh, and I'd really like them to go back to oh they definitely have well as soon as the, the 90s came around and you're giving the X-Men a holodeck yeah. it's like you've lost the mutant the outsider thing yeah absolutely So I really uh, want someone's that asking about new mutants becoming X-Force so yeah so by that point the writing was very different some of the membership had changed and the new mutants who as we said had a lot of supernatural adventures like they went to asgard and, mm-hmm. and had close connections to loki at one point and uh they fought like demons and all the rest and all that jazz uh they by by the 90s were being reshuffled into a different team and then finally it was rebooted as x-force it wasn't really that the new mutants became x-force it was some of the new mutants joined this new x-force team and x-force which was meant is to very be, different yeah that was me- not meant to be magical mm-hmm. or weird or, or fringe. It was meant to be violent, militaristic version of the X-Men. It's their Merc team. That's why Deadpool's on most of the right. later iterations. Like, in the X-Force, they're going to go with, I guarantee, has Deadpool because of its success, and they're going to go with that R-rated flavor because of that. So, uh, in your mind, I would try to keep New Mutants and X-Force separate, cinematically. Yeah, they, it's such different properties. They're not going to touch each other's yeah. worlds, except for they're both mutants. Yeah. Uh, and now they also have Sunspot, which is interesting because they've already cast Sunspot because he was in... Days of Future Past. Yeah. So I'm curious how many people they bring in as cameos or how they tie that world together because they're obviously going to keep that momentum going. Uh, so Sunspot being in there is great for that actor. That's another role for him. Um, and then I don't know how they're going to handle Wolfsbane because she's effectively a werewolf. Yeah. But uh, I'm excited. Although although with X-Factor, they started playing with that because in X-Factor, they just started keeping her in sort of her... That she would go from half wolf form Mm -hmm. to like full wolf form and so they played with that whereas in the original mutants comics she would go from uh teenage girl to literally a wolf right and very very rarely did you see her in like a halfway form whereas the halfway form i think i think that's what you need to play with i think it's the only way to go otherwise you're twilighting Yeah, and I mean, there's werewolves. It's it's that double edged sword where they become popular again. Like you've got uh, Laura Vandervoot on, mm-hmm. on Bitten, and you've, you've got, got Twilight. On, you've got it? Teen Wolf. Uh, but yeah, you you want to stand out from them. So right. I think if they do this sort of um, uh, wolfish like hybrid form, yeah. the lupine form, they called it. That's the way to go. Like yeah. uh, Underworld did really cool werewolves, in my opinion. Uh, the, oh, the Underworld, Underworld, did, Underworld! Oh, that was fantastic. Those are great man. Uh, Underworld's and, a great series. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's fun as hell. I mean, you know, it's just one of those things where. I, I view that as like Fast and the Furious. Yeah, it's, it's We're not supposed to, to make it sense. It's not of Schindler's it all. List, you guys. It's Romeo and Juliet, yeah. vampires and werewolves. Just go nuts. Yeah. Live your life. That's a fun series. I hope oh, they go that well. Real and someone just pointed out even X Force is different from X Force because it was later rebooted as a Black Ops team that Wolverine led. And honestly, I think it's been rebooted three times. It's been rebooted a few times because then it was also the reality show. Yeah. That then evolved into Ecstatics. Right. Basically, Marvel really likes the name X Force, but can't ever decide what, what to do with it. <laughs> Similarly. Why they love the name Captain Marvel, and but it took them the five 
Captain Marvels before we got one who really has staying power. And the Captain Marvel book right now is killing it. Oh, I it's love, so good. Like Alpha Flight, who knew? So good. Captain Marvel and Alpha Flight would be so exciting. Amazing. Great writing when you can make Alpha Flight and Captain Marvel like one of the best books out. Uh, so I think that's about everyone covered except for uh, the character I know the least is Mirage. Which apparently she brings uh, a person's greatest fears to life. Yeah, she she kind of looks into your your brain, and it it, it can it doesn't have to be greatest fears, but it'll be playing on your fears. So often, okay. what she would do in battles is she would come towards you and use this on you. And in the art, they would show her. We can see her, mm-hmm. but then we would see this mental projection of what they of. Her looking like a demon, right, or something to the person, and they would freak the hell out. Oh, like in Harry Potter, like the uh, the, the things. a little bit, or like the Kryptonian thought beast. Ooh. Um, and and uh, so yeah, you you have a lot of uh, perception powers there. Uh, so it's like a fun with. team for cinema. Yeah. It's like cinematically, and, that sounds great. And frankly, she's a Native American hero. What up, diversity? Yeah, no, this, this is an incredibly diverse yeah. team. I mean, yeah, Latin Sunspots. American, Native American. Sunspot, South American. Like, yep. Yeah. And then, like, uh, Wolfsman, you can make anything. Cannonballs from the South. Like, that's, yeah. the, that's they're all really diverse, and that's exciting. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited. Wait, uh, wait, Wolfsman is Irish, isn't she? If I remember Wolfsman is Irish. Yeah, so that's a, we haven't really an Irish Irish superhero yet. Yeah, no, we that's haven't. That's exciting. No, and, like, that, that calls to my roots. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. Being an Irish Peruvian. So you got a whole team repping you, man. Yeah, right. So I'm... New Mutants is exciting if you can't tell by our long tangent on it. It's real weird. Uh, New Mutants it's going to be very, so weird. Very but if you can pull team. it off, awesome. If you can pull off X-Men, New Mutants, and X-Force as separate tones in one shared universe, you will catch up and it'll be Marvel-esque in scope and very exciting. And that's what Fox is trying to do and I think they might, I think they'll be able to do it. Yeah. I am confident in their ability to make those three films work separately. Um, speaking of Fox... They have officially announced they are not going to Hall H this year. Uh, they basically confirmed that they felt that, ironically for me, is that Fox is the first studio that says they don't like leaks because the leaks got them Deadpool, and Deadpool was their biggest thing in a long time, this is, profit-wise. See, this is the thing with with television movie studios in general. Like, as, as much as they're doing some great... Oh, Will Smith is Scottish? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, she's Scottish. Damn it. I forgot, because she's... she's Raised on Muir Scottish, Island right. by Maury McTaggart. Yep. Damn it. We need Siren. Yeah, we need Siren. No, we need Siren. We had uh, X-Men First Class. He just, it was like Banshee, flavors of Irish. Banshee, Banshee was not really... But he's thick, brogue Irish in the comics. The generation yeah, X- yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He he was in, he worked for Interpol, too. Right. One um, day we'll get that Irishman on the team. One day. But, uh, sorry, guys. Um... But uh, what was I? What was I? Yeah, speaking apologies, of, Scottish. Correct. Uh, we had moved on to Fox's leak. Fox, right, right, right. So, <laughs> so Fox, Fox pulling out of Hall H. Uh, I mean, like it's it's sort of like um, with CBS trying to live to, to web stream the new Star Trek series, but not let you binge it. It's sort of like. Uh, CW having CW seed mm-hmm. and saying, well, if it does well online, we'll put it on TV, whereas most of us would just be like, we can just keep watching it online. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, it's just, right here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's it's just TV and movies are sort of eating themselves to try and stay current, and they have this weird idea still of we have to keep some things exclusive because if it goes to the web, then no one will come to a Hall H, which we have shown time and time again. That is not the case. Is not the case. People because, sleep there for days. Yeah, people will webcast Hall H. People will do live streams. People will, the events in question, will put up professionally recorded videos mm-hmm. of the panel three days later still or a week later. You will still pack the room and the video will get so, so many views. But... So it's them not understanding that they could really still enjoy Best of Both Worlds if they just had an arrangement with YouTube. Mm-hmm. 
However, uh, I'm okay with this because I would like some of the crowds of Comic Con to go down, so I can have so, a Comic Con again, so I can have Pop-Con. more Comic Con again. Yeah, and and uh, so if, if Fox and other people want to leave Hall H, like, oh, okay then, I can have a manageable Comic Con and walk around without <laughs> feeling like this. I mean, the only problem for me is that I love the. If you've never been in Hall H. It's worth it once in your life just to know what you're missing or not missing. And right. whether it's for you or not, it is church. Then never there. go again. It's church. Then you go never go room, again. <laughs> you understand how, like, it's super intense uh, uh, religions can make you feel like you can walk again. Like, there's this feeling of power and overwhelming love. Yeah. And, like, it's truly a uh, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity every year. And that's, yeah. that's crazy. So I think Hall H is important. Like, once-in-a-lifetime every year is a very yeah, big... Yeah, it's, a, it's oxymoronic yet true. It, you'll never understand yeah. what it feels like without having going. And if they start to lose Hall H, that's really a shame because of that. So I yeah. get how both sides win. but uh, And Fox with Deadpool, it seems very strange that they're the first. But apparently that's the well, This is like when Warner Brothers got upset. Like, people are sharing the Suicide Squad trailer. How dare they? Fine, we'll do this because you ruined it. Like, No. This is helping you guys. Oh, you mean viral marketing is a negative thing? Yeah. God, you yes. don't want your trailer to trend for the people that want to see it most? So many execs are just causing the industry to eat itself. It's just like the, the word of mouth is how it works. So word yeah. of mouth is a positive yeah. in every situation. So I, I, I mean, it, unless you made a crap product. Like if, if you brought out this movie that you hyped up a lot and then a week later the s- ticket sales went down 62%. 80, 89 if you count from Thursday to Friday over an eight-day period, but you know it's going to be good. Suicide Squad. Mm. You know, you know what looks good. Suicide Squad. It looks fun. You know what looks good. I'm, I'm, I, you know what I'm excited I, for. I'm excited for Suicide Squad. I, no, I'm <laughs> optimistically excited. I but this is a Marvel show, and so. Civil War's out. <laughs> and Civil War's out. Uh, before we get to Civil War, though, while we're staying with Fox. Wolverine 3 has cast Eric LaSalle in an unknown role. Now, Eric LaSalle's name might not sound familiar, but you definitely know his face. Uh, he's been in tons of movies and TV shows, and he was most notably on ER as one of the main doctors for years. Okay. And he's a really good actor. Uh, the cast shaping up for that is very... In- oh, like, I recognize him, sure. Yeah, he's, he's a guy that you recognize. Wasn't he in Coming to America? Oh, I think you're right. Yeah. So he's been around a while. And he was awesome it. in that. Yeah. We were going to Queens. He He's incredible. And uh, the cast is just a lot of actors that people know the faces of, but not necessarily the names. And that's exciting for me because they're talented actors that should get these big high platform roles. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. It's not really that big a news, but I'm excited for him and that that's happening. Uh, Deadpool is out on Tuesday, and the video announcing its release should be watched by everyone. I will retweet it after the show. It's brand new footage, which is reason enough to watch it. It is basically a ad for ED by way of Deadpool Blu-ray, and your life will be better for having seen it. It's a good time. I'll tweet it. It's really funny, and that's out on Tuesday. So I, being me, I have to just give that all the news time I can. And Olivia Munn actually turned down uh, the female lead in Deadpool we found out this week, which is interesting. And her reason isn't that wrong. I guess she felt... If I were in her position, she didn't know how the, the character would be handled, and I could see how a you know, female lead that seems like a damsel in distress would be read wrong. Well, also, if you break down Deadpool to, like, its component pitch part, a guy who was done wrong by by people he trusted now has to save his girlfriend from them. That's honestly the movie. Right. It becomes so much better than that because... We have all this character development. We have this this great chemistry between him him and Miranda Baccarin mm-hmm. and all that jazz. But yeah, if you broke that down, but she if, wouldn't if, know that going in. She would not know that going in. The same well, same thing. Uh, I'm trying to Emily Blunt, right? Uh, turned down a couple of Marvel roles, including uh, Peggy Carter, mm-hmm. because 
I mean, if you break that down, Steve's love interest, who's at the camp and worries about him, but for the most part doesn't get involved in any of the action. And then she so goes, based show, on you that, know that going in. Right, so based on that, yeah, I can understand Emily Blunt saying, I don't want to do this. Right, and Scarlet Witch, at the time, I totally sure. see that. Her her introduction sure. is like, you know, a sex object in Iron Man 2. And that's a shame, because we, we actually we talked about this during Winter Soldier, how much her character has grown between her introduction to Winter Soldier, and how yes. strong the character Scarlet Witch yeah. is. But I get Emily Blunt's reluctance with the original version of that character. Of course. Yeah, I mean, with, with Black Widow, I mean, in Iron Man 2, she's completely replaceable. You mm-hmm. could have put any other female S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. You could have made up someone entirely. And then you get to, but you get to Winter Soldier, and it's incredible. Right. And she keeps up and exceeds the other characters at many points. And, yeah. and I think... I hope that Emily Blunt is still being considered for Captain Marvel because I've been saying it for a long time. I'm on the Blunt train. Uh, so Olivia Munn turned it down, which I understand. As a giant Deadpool fan, I get her her place in that, and her style looks awesome. And yeah, and honestly, it it worked out because because we got such a great Vanessa yeah. in Deadpool, and we amazing got, Vanessa. Oh, she was impossibly good, and, yeah. and she and she even mentions like I'm not a damsel in distress yeah. and stuff, and there's great. Yeah. And I see her, that actress as being able to do those lines like perfectly, and then she did like that that flavor between them was perfect. Uh, and Deadpool's what it was, and it's out Tuesday. Now, before we move on to our bigger news stories, Doom in the Booth would like to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with you Oh, folks. you know I want to oh, talk about S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, there he Shield. is. Uh, yeah, uh, the Kree Reapers have arrived on Earth on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this week. Uh, so Just because uh, we got some Hive origin stories as uh, we met the tribal version of him. Uh, when he was, and we got to see them first creating the Inhumans and the process they went through. Nice. Uh, with the with all the Inhumans news uh, floating around out there, it's seeming more and more like they are building towards something bigger with the Inhumans on TV. Uh, we 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 got some really dramatic moments from Daisy in this, where she almost because she's been corrupted by Hive, she almost took out her buddy Mac, big old Mac. We love Mac. <laughs> uh, and uh, Lincoln is uh, Lincoln went crazy and almost blew up the lab. Uh, and we got some fantastic moments from Hellfire uh, as he tries to cozy up to May and uh, get punched in the face for it. Uh, but next week looks nuts. Next week we got the Watchdogs back in play, uh, which uh, we got a bunch of people up against them, including Hive. And Hellfire is holding a chain. We saw Ooh, that in the preview. Hellfire holding well. a chain. And uh, me and uh, my co-host from the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. After Buzz TV After Show both audibly gasped involuntarily when we saw it on screen. Uh, so there's a lot of cool stuff over there on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And you guys can join us if you want to talk more S.H.I.E.L.D. at length over on After Buzz TV's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. After Show, which is live Tuesday nights at 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We'll be there every week. And the whole team is going to see Civil War tonight. It's going to be a fun fun weekend it's impossibly good yeah uh now i i accidentally called black widow scarlet witch guys a few minutes ago thank you live chat i meant black widow i uh they're both great but i meant black widow then uh so uh, you, you, you can't you, to express some rage <laughs> the worst what am i done right <laughs> you, you can't you can't distinguish redheads can you you know she's red scarlet ideology yeah, it's a whole thing okay uh so on to our bigger stories of the day avengers infinity war Part 1 and 2 are not going to be called Avengers Infinity War Part 1 and 2, which is actually way more exciting than I realized. As soon as I read that, I was like, that changes everything in my head about what they could be. Uh, we've yeah, heard, it changes the expectation. Changes everything. Like, yeah. it, we'd heard that there were going to be very different tone films, mm-hmm. but not calling them Part 1 and Part 2 literally, to me, makes them two movies that the Russo brothers are directing that are tied together by a war. 
Yeah, which which is already more fascinating to me. To yeah, it's it's. I'm wondering what what's going to be. I mean, especially with the different tone, because the different tone is something we were promised mm-hmm. would happen for Avengers two. That right. Avengers two would be sort of quieter and more character driven. And they said, tried. You could see where he tried. There were moments where they tried. Yeah. Uh, but and it's I'll not, defend and the farm scene till I die. It is not Joss's fault. No, no, I don't blame you know, him at all. It was it was the studio and and too many chefs in the kitchen mm-hmm. and, and and there's a lot, a lot of fingers of, being pointed. A lot of fingers being pointed. It's half an hour spent on just telling you that there will be other movies later. Right. Uh, you know, but but this sounds like what we were going to get, where we can we can balance out at an action movie with these characters along with uh, a more thought provoking piece. And, and I mean, after rewatching Winter Soldier, yeah, I was going to say, what I, I, won't, I, won't re- uh, I won't reference anything in Civil War or even Civil War here, but just just based off my Winter Soldier experience, uh, going into Infinity War with the Russo brothers and how they handled the dialogue followed by action, followed by tone changes throughout all three acts, and the scope of that movie versus the intimacy of that movie, I am way more confident in them handling something as big as a two-part Infinity War and and if they say it's two different tones, I believe them. Like I, they, they had like nine tones right. in Winter Soldier. So, so it might be that the final movie will still be some kind of war. Like maybe it'll just be called Infinity Gauntlet or right. Everyone Effing Dies. And the the movie leading up to that will be Avengers. Some effing die. Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> or you know. into it, yeah. man. Yeah. Captain America and the Sorcerer's Stone. Here's yeah. my fourteen dollars. Yeah, that could actually work. <laughs> it's a <laughs> right? bunch of rocks. That's the seventh stone. I still love. This is what I love about There's comics. Six on the Gauntlet, one on the Harry Potter. That's what I love about comics. As as badass as you, there are certain directors and 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 writers and creators who will try to be like, this must be super serious and this must be the darkest, grimmest thing. <laughs> and for some stuff that works with like Punisher or something, but when it comes to anything involving a superpower, already that's tenuous and. With Thanos, as as scary as he is, mm-hmm. as disgustingly evil and deadly as he is, it still comes down to a dude has considered that the most powerful object which he needs to use and obtain is a bedazzled <laughs> glove. Yeah. The bedazzled glove will allow of me power. to be so powerful. Dude, Ed Hardy got real popular a girl for a while. Named... Ed Hardy was everywhere, and yeah. that's just what he's following that trend of. Never gonna... has a glove been so coveted. Since Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's 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 that kind of it's that kind of thing. I'm curious, and this is a very thin thin theory. If it has anything to do with the two gloves, because there's a right and a left in the MCU. Uh, because remember, right, right. I'm curious if there's anything to do with the the different gloves having anything to play with the film and, yeah. and like things coming back. I'm just I'm so amped about wherever it goes. Uh, they they said quote. Joe Russo said, the movies are two very different movies. Anthony said, it is misleading. Joe followed up with, the intention is we will change it. We just haven't come up with the titles yet. But yes, we will change it. And yes, that is a scoop. We will retitle them. So we literally know nothing. It sounds like they have some ideas they're not even locked in on yet. Uh, The different tone meets different titles. Has me amped. Civil War will make you guys amped. It's all building to this giant thing. And we've heard from from Kevin Feige multiple times that that Phase 4 is going to be so different. uh, That it's a completely new thing. So... Every bit of news is is this incredible thing where it's just like the fire's already raging and they're just like, here's more awesome! And yeah, it's just getting yeah. bigger and I'm just, I couldn't be more excited. Uh, so we, I spoke earlier about how we'd mention diversity later. The Russo brothers came out with an awesome quote. It's long, so bear with me. 
Uh, Joe Russo said, I think the chances are strong. I mean, it's incumbent upon us as storytellers who are making mass appeal movies to make mass appeal movies and to diversify as much as possible. It's sad in the way Hollywood lags behind other industries so significantly. One, because you think it would be a more progressive industry, and two, because it's such a visible industry. So I think it's important that on all fronts we keep pushing for diversification because then the storytelling becomes more interesting, more rich, and more truthful. Now, this is in regards to the lack of LGBT characters in the Marvel Universe and that they are pushing for that to be a thing. And I love that they mention that film is and should be progressive. I love that they mention how visible it is. I love that they know that it's it's not only an issue, but it's kind of... I, I like that Joe kind of said that it's a responsibility. Like, he, he kind of owns this idea that he wants to move forward and he is okay wielding that on his shoulders. Uh, and Anthony said, quote, I think this is a philosophy of Marvel in success and it became easier to take risks. There's a lot of unconventional ideas in Civil War in terms of what people's expectations of a superhero movie are, but I think we were able to do that because Winter Soldier worked and Marvel's been working in general. So there's more of a boldness in terms of what you can try and where you can go. So I think that's very hopeful for all of us moving forward that bolder and bolder choices can be made and honestly awesome. if, you, if you're not writing to do bolder choices why and to surprise movies? people then what the hell are you doing why are you making anything if not to express something yeah yeah and to push things yeah, yeah. and 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 the idea that they're like hey this is a billion dollar industry instead of too big to fail being used to screw people over they're using too big to fail to push things in the right direction i love that yeah like, instead of Wall Street crumbling and causing people to lose their lives and homes and literally to destroy the fabric of America, they're like, hey, we can't really mess up because everything's working and it's this giant empire. Let's use the Disney empire to make wrongs righted. Let's yeah. let's go this direction. And that, to me, is the entire purpose of film is to tell stories that need to be told and to right wrongs. And they're doing that with my superheroes? Thank you for being superheroes. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. I don't know. This was very near and dear to me uh, because I love that they're saying it in, in ways that make them sound uh, not only like they want to do it, but they're taking responsibility right. for doing it. As, as well you should. Uh, someone, uh, Justice Sucks, is saying, I want to keep uh, sexuality out of superhero films. Well, then you can't watch any superhero film with a love interest. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's sexuality. Like, that, and that's every Any movie. love interest, yeah, Peggy Carter and Captain America, that's that's sexuality. The fact that you have a problem with homosexuality as opposed to heterosexuality or bisexuality or pansexuality is your own issue. And it's not uh, real to the world. And, and it's also, there's no reason not to include it in this fantastical world where everyone can be a hero. And it's I, weird if only straight people get to be heroes. Exist in this universe. Or exist in this universe. It's also weird like, if let's, like, let's ignore, uh, you know, a giant chunk of the population right. by omission. Like it doesn't work, and and Deadpool's pansexual, Honestly, so it's already out there. Yes, yeah. but also the the and people are pointing out, but there's a gay character in Agents of Shield, and there's a gay character in um, Jessica Jones. Yes, there is. That doesn't mean we've filled the quota. Yeah, and and not all gay characters are automatically the same people with the same thoughts, feelings, and stuff. Like because I'm a straight guy with different thoughts, yeah, feelings, and other straight guys. Tony Stark and Captain America are at least as far as we've seen straight characters. They could they Just could not, not on be. But, you know, and they are very different dudes. Yeah. You know, so what? Like, that's that's the beauty of it is that, you know, diversity is not just we, we're asking for tokenism. That's totally different. Right. No, uh, no, we don't want tokenism. Of course not. We're avoiding, like, and that's what this, that's why the quotes sound good to me. It doesn't sound like they're being forced into it because of uh, tokenism. It's being a thing that they feel like needs to happen because it needs to happen. Yeah. And I, yeah. I'm just really excited. And there are lots of gay and bi and pansexual people all over. A friend of mine was sort of joking when when we were reading this interview 
uh, about where someone was saying like, well, you know, it's just there honestly aren't that many gay people around, so it's, it sometimes feels like you're forcing them into fiction. And, and I was thinking, more than superpowers? <laughs> it's harder to explain gay people than superpowers? And she and she is gay. And she said to me, like, honestly, Alan, I just realized you're the first straight person I've talked to face-to-face in, like, six days. Mm-hmm. Like, because I mean, that's, that's her that's experience. Funny, man. I, I mean, as, as someone mentioned, as long as I don't dwell on it, I, I agree. I don't think that's going to be... The movie's two hours and you've got 67 well, I heroes mean, potentially it, in and it. And that fear of, I hope they don't dwell on it. Yeah, I also hope that you don't make a Captain America movie where it's two hours of him missing Peggy. Right, right. But I don't dwelling expect them to do that. Yeah, like, I don't think dwelling a, on anything it's a, works. It's a, it's a crap fear. It's an absolutely crap fear. There's a fear, I think, that people have that like love stories are going to become the center of a film. But love story, like love and relationships is such a big part of what people's just day-to-day existence That's a human is. experience. Yeah. yeah, and so it's going to be a part of it. So some people have who, whoever they love is going to be a part of their life. And, like, it doesn't have to be the driving force behind anything because a love interest being the driving force of any story is tried. It's old hat. Right, and what do we have, what do we have if not love? Like, what do we have that's going to push us forward? Like, what, what, it's, if, if everything's about war, then it's not interesting. And we already have enough fighting in these superhero movies. Why not have the other side of the coin? Why not have, like, a powerful positive force? So, how are I mean, they isn't that it? the point of these guys? That they, they want to be good people, yeah. a lot of them, and they want the world to be nicer? So, positivity and love and et cetera, et cetera. So, I don't want to dwell on the subject too long because, like I said, I don't like dwelling on anything. But I'm stoked that they said it, and I'm stoked they're coming out saying it. And, uh, I think it's exciting. Yeah. So, moving on to X Men. Uh, X-Men Apocalypse released a single image that filled me with more glee than any trailer could have. And it's the kind of the opposite of the most recent trailer. The most recent trailer was kind of like flash bang excitement. This is an action movie. This is like, Hey, we remember who the X-Men are. This is a comic image. It's freaking dazzler, man. There's an album. First of all, it's an album. Second of all, it's Scott and Gene in an album store together being adorable. Third of all, it's a Dazzler album. There's so much in this one image that makes me happy. Uh, it also is a great, like, the, the actual album looks like a cover of the Dazzler from the 70s that I remember. Like, they captured that vibe. Can can I say, I'm a huge Dazzler fanboy. I effing love Dazzler. I'm real stoked. I'm so, that 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 brought me joy. I, I'll admit, I'm I'm sort of on the fence of, you know, I'll see it. But I'm not terribly excited for the new X-Men movie. But seeing that album cover, like, damn, that's cute. <laughs> I like that. That's what I mean. It's the anti-trailer. Like, it's, it's, it's the care that you put into it. It's that little that little extra thing you have. Can we freaking take care of Brent's friend in the chat room? What's he saying? Uh, he's, he's full of crap. Oh, okay. Um, Doom has brought the hammer down. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I haven't been in the live chat uh, much today, guys, because I'm, I'm lead host in this thing, but I love you all in the live chat that I usually get to talk to. Yeah, he's... Uh, everyone keep it clean. He's trolling. Uh, but but also, uh, anyone who's not reading A-Force right now should. Make because a mistake. it's an amazing comic. Dazzler has been reinterpreted there as a roller derby character now. <laughs> so it's like, it's a different reason for her to wear roller skates. And she rocks the house. Yeah. And there's an upcoming comic where she's going to get Thorish powers for a little bit and become Dazzle Thor. Like, yes. Because <laughs> comics. Because comics. Oh, the sentence D- Dazzle Thor. Dazzle Thor. Made me because real happy. comics, man. Let's rock this. Dude, Dazzle Thor is fantastic. Uh, yeah, I, I, that image to me showed the more care and more attention to comic detail than I've seen in a, in a while, and I am really excited, so I thought that, you know, you guys should see that. Uh, also in speaking about X-Men Apocalypse, Brian Singer came out and talked about 
Apocalypse's powers, and we didn't really know which direction they were going. Right. We, I mean, Apocalypse. The problem with Apocalypse is, is when you say his powers, it's like yes, and it's like, oh, does he have this? Yes, he also has that. Like Apocalypse is a little too powerful to really translate to any sort of credible villain because if your villain can do everything, you're worthless. Uh, so Brian Singer said, "quote He brought civilization to mankind, but in turn believed he was a god." Uh, McAvoy followed up with Apocalypse has rejuvenated himself throughout history by making the body of another mutant. And then Brian Singer concluded with each mutant he inhabits, he takes their powers. So he's acquired over thousands of years, multiple powers. Interesting approach to Apocalypse. Uh, it feels kind of like a morph flavor. It's got some like rogue, like it reminds me of a lot of things. Well, it and makes him, it makes him this is, it really does make him almost a, uh, cause, cause Apocalypse is one of those cats that his, his hype and his uh, mm-hmm. rep, was often better than the actual comics where like he never Age of Apocalypse was awesome. Right. But that was this alternate timeline of like what if he won? Yeah. And not the regular. in the main comics, he didn't win that often. <laughs> uh so you would have, you know, there are a couple of Apocalypse stories that I think are really great. And I mean what he did to Archangel is, is the fantastic. Big, that's his big thing, though, but that thing. Be, that became like the big thing. He yeah. really hasn't done anything since then with a couple of exceptions he had a cool of like, video game, a cool video game. game? Uh, so so making him this it's like you almost are making him this uh, immortal force mm-hmm. that he hypes himself to be so I think that's terribly interesting yeah, I like the idea of different acquiring of powers through bodies yeah. and that makes well, his longevity work it's sort of like a version of Siler that won't disappoint after three seasons right um, it, it's uh, or two seasons <laughs> or, or really he should have died in the first season we all know that it's just um, a very different approach that seems logical to the movie base they've built and and honestly, the X Men can do with some freaking reboots here and there. They, yeah, <laughs> I mean, they, that's why Days of Future Past happened. It's so like, good. guys, we we screwed ourselves. Can we fix it? Let's, can we fix it? Let's just fix it? it. Yeah. So it's not the apocalypse from the comics, but once again, we say all the time on the show that the MCU and the Six One Six are very different, and that's good because then it's exciting, and you don't get to you're not reliving something you've already experienced. You're getting a new experience. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's smart to make it more broad to different audiences. I just want it to be an X-Men movie, and it looks like, by that Dazzler photo, much more of an X-Men movie than I would have accounted for, so I'm super stoked because of that image. Uh, oh, someone someone again brought up the comparison between Apocalypse, Thanos, and Darkseid. So here's a couple of interesting little trivia bits for you from this comic book historian. <laughs> um, so Darkseid's created first, and then Thanos was created originally inspired by the other new god character, Metron. Who mm-hmm. Darkseid often communicated with, uh, and Metron was a dude who floated around in his Mobius chair and had some funky headgear. And so Thanos looks very similar to Metron originally, and then they start bulking bulking him up, making him look more like Darkseid. Uh, Apocalypse is a last minute character change because originally in X Factor, when they were building up to there's a shadowy villain manipulating things, the idea was it was going to be the Owl. I remember that. That was yeah. like a, literally a, sh- a shadow, the last panel. Yeah, from, from Daredevil. Uh, and you see him, or maybe it's his father, in Daredevil Season 1. And it was going to be the Owl. And it was decided, and the writer changed, and it was decided, uh, you know what, let's, let's make a new character. And so they made up Apocalypse. And at the same time, X-Men Classics was, was reprinting the X-Men stories that, that Chris Claremont did. And so they were also adding pages to some of the stories, sort of giving you a director's cut, and in some cases fixing things that mm-hmm. now are out of canon. Reconned. And in one of those, they they inserted Thanos into an old X-Men tale so that he was around even then. You just didn't <laughs> you didn't know it, guys. Other shadows. But but yeah, it's an interesting character creation to me that like he's he's this last minute change, but now part of the, the hype is he's he's always been there. Yeah. Um 
Honestly, one of the most interesting things I ever saw with Apocalypse was when uh, uh, the onslaught was happening, which is not a great story, but at one point the Watcher, Watu the Watcher, mm-hmm. comes down from his perch on the moon, and if you don't know him, listeners, like he's he's this cosmic being who sort of records the history of the human race and, and is long-lived and nearly immortal, and he comes down, and Apocalypse and him recognize each other, and just have a conversation. That's as amazing. As like almost old colleagues. I'd forgotten that. That's, and it was yes. this fascinating look at the different levels of Apocalypse. And also what I find Apocalypse to be interesting is that it's when he says survival of the fittest, he's not necessarily talking about mutants in the Marvel Universe. No, he's just the fittest. Like, he's fine with the Hulk becoming a horseman. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he created Mr. Sinister. He made him a superpowered being. And Mr. Sinister is not a mutant. But... Oh, I'd forgotten that too. Yeah. yeah, he's not a mutant, but Apocalypse made him this nearly immortal being because he really liked uh, his genetic experiments mm-hmm. and that and he had no ethics altogether. Like that's yeah. his whole world, and I, I really thought they were going to go Mister Sinister next, but I think that'll be forthcoming. I'm Maybe hoping after we Apocalypse. get. A, I'm hoping we get a sliver of Sinister in this. Brian in this Cranston movie. wants it. I love that Brian Cranston was like Mr. Sinister like it's such a deep cut for like a seemingly casual fan to want I love that of all people Brian Cranston's like that's mine I want that one so moving on from Fox I am very excited about all things X-Men we will see where all that goes before we cover Civil War at the end spoiler free uh, just basically just stats and numbers I wanted to do the shout outs near the end of the show instead of the very end of the show I wanted to shout out Ryan Schmall who left a very lovely thing on Twitter sent it to our uh, Marvel Movie News account I appreciate that man uh, it's Ryan Perry's B-Day it is CBNSC's son's birthday he loves Spider-Man his name's Ethan he's three years old happy Aww. birthday from a Spidey fan to a Spidey fan Ethan that's awesome uh, Dewey the Mailman has sent me some awesome tweets of late and his name was cool uh, Nick the one and only you were rereading all the Spider-Man starting from number one and that is something I have tried to do every five years it is a fun time uh, I think you're around the 80s so enjoy that man um, the last two are Connor Brown uh, you and I share the you're gonna have tears tonight man I had spidey tears uh, you're gonna have spidey tears don't let your friends judge you for your spidey tears let them flow it's a beautiful thing and lastly in the live chat Joel Petawabano, it is your birthday, and you get to see Civil War on your birthday, which is a fateful gift. That's some awesome. Uh, and lastly, it is Free Comic Book Day on Saturday. Yes. So please support local comic book stores. I think it's really important. Uh, I, a lot of people argue that even if comics die, the movies can keep going, and that's possible, sure. But I think that it's important for both to live on, and I think that the comic medium is very important and different and a great storytelling medium and a great way for people to learn and be be educated while being entertained and it's a great way for political commentary to come across without being political necessarily and it's a really important thing and local comic stores keep that alive and i think individual issues even maybe more than trades keep that alive uh so larry's comics in boston it's in Lowell, Mass. That is my comic store of choice. Uh, for 17 years, I shopped there. And Larry's is doing a book signing for my mom. What? Which is the coolest thing. My mom wrote a book and got a book published, which is exciting for me. I think that's the coolest. And she's that is doing, cool. She's doing her first ever book signing at my childhood comic store. That's on awesome. On Free Comic Day. That's so awesome. So the world getting smaller. I'm sorry to take out Marvel Movie News time to shout out my mom, but my mom. Where so, is that again? Lowell, Massachusetts. So look up Larry's Comics and Lowell. She's hosting a signing on Free Comic Day. That's so much love. I had to just get it out there. Uh, go say hi to my ma. She's awesome. One. 
<laughs> yes. So get this. Say to my mom. And if you're on the West Coast, uh, House of Secrets is where we both go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's, that's my new spot. And Free Comic Book Day is very important. And uh, buy local. And it's awesome. If you see Amy Dallin, tell her that Koi Jandro and Alan Kistler sent you. Yes, please do. She's wonderful. She's been here many times. Yeah. Uh, so closing out with Civil War, it's doing bananas numbers. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Like 91%, uh, 94%. On Rotten Tomatoes. Look at that. Which is 115 fresh. Uh, opened internationally at a $224.3 million. That's internationally. This is a Captain America movie. Remember the first Captain America where they're like, we should call it the first Avenger because Captain. Am- this is a Captain America. It opened internationally at 224. It's made its money back internationally. So good. It hasn't even opened in the two biggest markets yet. Well done. Well done. I'm everyone. so happy. Uh, they're expected to pull in another $200 million here. This weekend, putting that at half a billion dollars practically within its first week in all markets. That's crazy. Uh, it set the record for advanced ticket sales on Fandango for a superhero movie. It is 90% of the every ticket sold this weekend. So on the largest ticket distributor, it is 90% of everything. That's insane. Uh, so it's tracking to do roughly Avengers numbers. So it's a people call it Avengers 2.5, but it is technically a, a Captain America film and it plays like both, which is beautiful. Uh, it's tracking to do on par with the first Avengers, which went on to, you know, make a billion dollars. Mm. So I'm excited. Uh, I don't I this is the hard part because yeah, I've seen yeah. it. So I'm trying not right. to. But as a non viewer yet, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Well, so uh, if you go to Polygon.com right now, you will find an article I just did on explaining Civil War in the comics. By which I mean, like, I give you a rundown of the entire comic book event, uh, all of the comics that tied into Mm -hmm. it, um, how it all worked together. Like, you know, basically the major events. I don't tell you every little thing that happened, like, in the Wolverine tie-in, but I'm telling you how it all, you know, the major events that, that affected the main story... And also what comics led up to it, because really, like, X-Men Days of Future Past is our first glimmer of it, with Mm -hmm. the Mutant Control Act mentioned as a thing in the future. And then in 1984, the Mutant Registration Act was introduced in comics and became law. Yeah. And so for years after that, we saw U.S. agent uh, Mystique joined with the government and created Freedom Force from the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. And they were enforcers of the Mutant Registration Act. I forgot Mystique was like an agent of sorts. Right. And then in the 90s, when Chris Claremont left, Marvel sort of forgot the Mutant Registration Act was a thing. (laughs) And so it just didn't come up again. Yep. And But then we got the Superhuman Registration Act. And before then, Canada did their Superpowers Registration Act. And, and later pointed out, none of our heroes had a war. Really went into because, that, yeah. Because we're Canadians. <laughs> we're, th- we're chill. We we're agreed. chill. We're not like you fighty Americans. Sure. <laughs> uh, but, but so uh, I did this whole, this whole thing on it. And one thing in rereading all the Civil War comics over the past couple of weeks, uh, it struck me again like, you know, it's, it's a great idea. But it's one of those things where uh, certain writers clearly weren't uh, communicating with each other about what they were going to do. Yeah. So you've got lots of contradictions on little levels, lots of little character inconsistencies. Tony doesn't really have a strong arc through Civil War. He's just the yeah, villain. If if you read the main series, he's a freaking villain. Mm-hmm. If you read Frontline, he's a Machiavellian antihero. If you read Spider-Man, he's a villain again. Yeah. If you read his comic, you're, you really see his side and how could anyone disagree with him? But to merge all those together and to justify 
why he would say certain things to Spider-Man that seem really out of character, and you, you don't totally get that. They use him as, a, as an object, almost. They use him as, like, uh, whatever the story needs, not as a character. Yes, exactly, exactly. And, and, uh, and to be fair, Captain America acts out of character in several instances. Yeah. And there are these story points brought up that never really go anywhere. So I've really been excited for Russo brothers to, ch- to take on this, this idea because, as we saw in Winter Soldier... They can take multiple stories oh, yeah. and find a lovely way to streamline them into one story that still has an arc and still works. And introduce characters, as we just explained. Introduce characters, but not screw you over with information dump and not have stuff that only will make sense to the if you know fan. comic book fans. Yeah. And otherwise will seem like a weird departure because Thor, uh, because Thor needed to take Asana. Right, right. Um, and, and uh, which again, not Whedon's fault. That, that movie had a lot of problems. Uh, so so I've been really excited because I have utter faith in them. And because mm-hmm. you're approaching this with the benefit of uh, almost a decade of hindsight. Right. You can you look at worked, what worked what and what didn't. You can also look at uh, what how do we need to retranslate this for our movie universe? Because in the movie universe... I mean, the Superhero <laughs> Registration Act doesn't really work. And no one has when, identities, really. No, Daredevil and Spider-Man are who the only two the people MCU, really. who help people and people like, and they wear masks. And yeah. then also on top of that, uh, the only superhumans around other than those who are already Avengers mm-hmm. uh, are, again, Daredevil and Spidey. Street level, he, not Right. Or Inhumans who are not mentioned in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. So, so it's got to be different things. So instead of the Registration Act, we have the Sokovia Accords, which is directly uh, tied to the Avengers. And it's talking about not policing all superhumans everywhere, but it's talking about policing the Avengers right. and holding them under strict control, not just as a team, but as individuals. And I think that really makes a lot of sense. I think that also makes it, frankly, as weird as it sounds, more real. Yeah. Because in... in when politics come up like this, it is about a particular person or group. It mm-hmm. is not about like everyone everywhere, unless you're being racist and saying no, let's like, make pop, a wall. Pop, pop, pop. Yeah, like and and so I think that's a fascinating way to take it, and I'm really looking forward to to seeing how they do it. And also introducing Black Panther and Spider Man yeah. is brilliant, not just because we love them, but because everyone else here has such familiarity and has a stake that they're going to take it uber seriously if they have to fight. They're comrades. Right. So you have Black Panther there, who can add a little bit of mystery and keep some surprises up. And then mm-hmm. you have Spidey there, who is humorous and has no emotional stake in this. So he can be allowed to tell jokes and to lighten up this movie with right. humor. Because the, the problem I had, I, the problem I have consistently with movies is when they get into the third act and everything's dark and grim, jokes usually feel false. Yes. Because of what you're saying, there's the stakes are wrong. So if you're right. interjecting humor. And, and this... Uh, I won't talk about it, but it does that, what you said. Yeah. Uh, and I also, I reread all the Civil War, not all the tie-ins, but the core, uh, the night before I saw the movie. And I had a really interesting thing where my, I've always been Team Cap uh, mm-hmm. as far as the perspective of the comics go. And, and just the overall, like, I don't believe in, like, registration and, and that sort of world. And well, also, that's the other thing. In, in, in the movies, it's about policing the Avengers because yeah. of actions they've done. Whereas the Superhuman Registration Act in the comics was about legislating based on your biology. Right, to police state because yeah. of your birth. 
Which is, um, yeah. but it's interesting. And that you would be imprisoned without trial. Right, it's insane. Yeah. But what's interesting about rereading the comics is now that I love Downey Jr. and I love Chris Evans' portrayals, that you see a totally different side of the comic characters because you're invested in your version of the characters from the movies. So if you haven't read Civil War and you had before, it's cool to reread it now being like, oh, Downey Jr. would have or would have not done that, or like these MCU versions. Right. So check them out. Uh, it's also just a, a fun read. It's not the best major arc Marvel's had, but it's definitely a good topical arc and a fun fun read. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I don't want to ruin anything for civil war. Just know that it is a darn good film yeah. and that it's going to make all the money and it deserves to make all the money and know that the MCU is progressing in the right direction. And I'm real stoked for you guys to see it next week will be spoiler tastic. You'll know, <laughs> you'll know why I cried involving Spider-Man. You'll know which set pieces I loved. You'll know how much I lost my mind and that, uh, it was real good. And John Schnepp was in the theater with me, too. So I got to say, I got to say, oh, nice. got to say hi to Schnepp and I had a little geek out about good the deal. whole thing. Yeah. I'm seeing it with about uh, 20 friends tonight. Oh, that's awesome, man. Because uh, it's, it's a pal of mine's birthday. Jack, Jackson uh, Lansing, uh, who uh, has been writing Batman and Robin Eternal. Oh, awesome. And also wrote the amazing uh, Hacktivist mm-hmm. for, our, for uh, Arkea and uh, Freak Show back in the day. Hacktivist 2 is coming out now. Amazing writer, and uh, but yeah, he he's decided let's all get our tickets ahead of time. That's sick, man. And so it's this big. You know what was really funny was, and some people get upset with me about this. I don't care. It was really <laughs> funny. So I got my ticket, and I told a pal of mine like, "This is exactly what happened. This is exactly the conversation." I was like, uh, he asked me, "What are you doing today?" I was like, "I just got tickets for Civil War in like two months. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so revved." It's like, "Oh, cool. Are you seeing Bat? Do you have your tickets for Batman vs Superman in two weeks?" Like, I'll see it. <laughs> you heard it here folks and I love both those characters but I knew dude I knew. and you'll be so happy tonight yeah. I actually I can't wait to hear your opinion because you know the comic like backwards and forwards uh, do you have tickets to see it again Coy oh I do I'm seeing it tonight and Saturday that's the other thing I already <laughs> I already assume I'm seeing it again next week sometime yeah I'm already trying to figure out who am I going to see it with next I week I had my second round of tickets already bought before my first round and after my first round I bought my third round so I've invested again twice because I want to go into it and just enjoy the ride. It's so impossibly good. I'm $55 in the hole on Civil War tickets just for myself. Dude, it's you'll be so happy with that investment. It, yeah, <laughs> I'm seeing it tonight at the uh, El Capitan. Nice. For that, for that, for, and then I'm going on Saturday to the 4DX screen. Dude. So, like, the, I, like fans and, like, The seat rumble. Yeah. yeah. Very intrigued. I'm, I'm seeing it tonight at the 8 p.m. Arclight Hollywood showing. So, if any of you are there... Please feel free to say hi. And I actually mean this seriously because I've had times. I love that, dude. I've had times when people tweet out, like, I saw you, like, but I at, wanna... at Chipotle, and I didn't want to. Well, I, I wouldn't be at Chipotle. Um, <laughs> I would be at a real Mexican place. Like, but Alan's just like, taking out DC, I Chipotle, am. shots fired. Maybe in and out. Maybe in and out. But, like, someone will say, like, I saw it in and out, and I, I didn't want to say hi because I thought you might be. No, say hi. Yeah, I'll let you guys know when I, I like, see my next Unless two. you really, like, want to want to argue about uh, LGBT or representation or Latino characters. If it's a cool or, hi, say right. hi. If you just want to say, like, hey, I saw you, and I like at least some of your stuff, that's <laughs> That's cool. You don't have to love it all. That's fine. I love disagreeing with intelligent people. That's true. I love intelligent conversation for yeah. or against my opinions. I will actually, uh, when I get, I don't have my tickets on me physically. So when I uh, know what my other two shows are, I will let you guys know because I would love the same. And you, yeah. you live chatters and everyone else that watches the show are the reason I love this. So I would love to have a conversation about Civil War because I would very be very happy to have a very positive conversation because I think it's universally appealing. It's uh, the trailers don't give a lot away. It's going to be a surprise for a lot of people and it's a lot to discuss. It is a very big movie 
with so many layers that you need to see it more than once and uh you're gonna have a good friggin' time um well i think that's i think it's about everything we'll end it on a very positive it's a good time note yeah uh where can they find you on the internet sir uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sizzler Kistler. That's S-I-Z-Z-L-E-R-K-I-S-T-L-E-R. I have articles up on Polygon today on Civil War. Uh, you can also backtrack. Last week I did Black Panther Explained. And last month I did Punisher and Elektra Explained. So check those out. Uh, com, which will be updated later today with the latest articles, uh, has an archive of, of my work. Uh, also, honestly, check out, uh, some of you might have noticed my t-shirt that says Crazy Sexy Geeks. I made this because this is my podcast, Crazy Sexy Geeks, which you can find on iTunes and SoundCloud. All those places. A yeah. lot of places. You can find this man, and oh. perhaps also at in and out Oh, also, it's out now on Amazon, Captain America vs. Iron Man, which is a book that I and several psychologists and, and a couple of psychoanalysts put together discussing the moral values of the civil war in the comics as well as masculinity narratives between uh iron man and captain america and, awesome, and political man. ramifications through a psychological perspective so check you can, that out yeah captain america versus iron man we also put together the walking dead psychology star trek psychology and the upcoming uh doctor who's the man writes one. books the man writes books and in closing my mom writes books uh it is a vampire by way of science novel which is hard to really pitch in a post twilight world but it's a it's a good read it's real different it's about like the idea of a blood disease causing vampirism and the scientific ramifications it's different so that is this uh larry's comics good people and my final shout out because it just came through the wire and it's real funny maria uh maria oh sorry mario mandietta wants me to shout out his girlfriend kira because she's the vanessa to his wade uh, i couldn't deny you sir that that means she pegs you yeah i mean happy female empowerment day good sir uh so kira cheers everyone tweet me your love of civil war tweet me what you liked what you didn't like i'll get back to as many as i can i want to hear all of your thoughts it is the most fun i've had in the theater maybe as an adult it is the most comic-y time you'll have it is so good and i'm so happy and spider-man's back and ugh, spider-man's back uh much love you guys i'll see you next week this has been marvel movie news find me at koi on twitter and instagram From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Christian Harloff, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principal. All right, hey. All right, good job, guys. Uh, let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day. <laughs>